This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good morning, Detroit. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. And this is another night where the supernatural power of God is available for you. You are tuned in to the right station. We're glad that you're with us. And so don't touch that dial. I believe that there is an encounter that God wants you to have with His presence. I believe that the Lord is renewing some people. And there's somebody that's even listening tonight and your, your mind is all knotted up. It's all uh, confused. And God's going to come in and deliver you and save your mind and set you free. You know, friend, the Bible says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. One of the reasons why I do this show is because there is a constant transformation that has taken place for you, a believer. Now, if you don't know Jesus, you can enter into the ultimate transformation, which is called being born again. Jesus came, the Bible said, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If you're without Jesus and you don't know His love and have never encountered the fullness of His presence, you could have that tonight on this show and receive the ultimate transformation. And if you're a believer, it says in the Word of God that we move from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. And that renewing takes place, that moving happens as a result of our climbing in revelation knowledge. And when I put this show on the air, the Lord wanted me to open up revelation from the Word of God to take you deeper. Someone asked me the other day about the love walk, and they said, how can I go deeper in my love walk? And I said, love is a revelation. And for you to really love the way that God loves, you have to have it revealed to you by the Spirit of God how much God loves you. I don't just mean mentally assenting to it and hearing you know, songs in church that say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But I mean really the Holy Spirit comes in, and He peels back the eyes of your heart. And you begin to see the shade lifts and you see how much he has loved you. And when you come to understand that love, then you can walk in the love that you now understand. And so we're going to look at some revelational truths from the word of God and get into it tonight. And God is going to untangle your mind, deliver you and set you free with his word and his power. And before we get started, I want to let everyone know that's listening that Chris Palmer Ministries has a podcast. It's called On the Road with Chris Palmer. It's available on iTunes. If you go to iTunes and you type in On the Road with Chris Palmer, you'll find our podcast. I archive all the shows. And when our show goes on in Boston on June 4th, I'll be archiving all those shows as well. So you can keep up with us, and the shows will be different. There's a different message that I have for our Boston audience that I'm out there reaching them with. and So you can just get on that podcast and be blessed and let the Word of God minister to you. It's free. It's for your listening enjoyment. And we do that to be a blessing to all of our listeners and all of our partners. And again, as I said, uh, we are going on the Transforming Truth broadcasts are going to be put out in Boston, Massachusetts. You know, I was in uh, preaching in that area a few weeks ago, and I was walking up and down the Cambridge, and I was actually on the Harvard campus. And I was, my, I just was grieved, and not grieved, but I just felt that the Lord was trying to speak to me. And so when I got back, I went on a fast. And I hit my knees, and the very first day of the fast, the Spirit of God spoke to me. And he says, I want you to go on in Boston 
immediately. And, uh, you know, it's pretty good when God talks to you the very first day of the fast. Because then, if you've gotten what you need, and we'll talk about fasting on this broadcast eventually, but you've gotten what you need from God, you can end the fast. And so, I heard what I needed from God and got all my instructions, and I ended the fast. And before you knew it, we were, uh, had it with uh, AM 590 WEZE in Boston. And so, we'll be coming on June 4th. We'll be on at 7.30 p.m. every Tuesday night. And we'll be broadcasting the transforming truth and reaching that area with the supernatural. That area is highly intellectual. And we want to reach them with the supernatural. I believe that if you can't reach the intellects with the Word of God, uh, then something is incomplete. When you look at Scripture and you see Paul, as supernatural as Paul was, he was able to stand and reason with the Greeks. He was able to reason with the Jews. And there is that element of Scripture. And we're going to come at it in a different way. But... We're going to affect the area for the Word of God and Jesus Christ, and we need your support. You know, we're a listener-supported broadcast. We come on based upon the generosity of our listeners, and we want to first thank every partner that's partnered with us up to this point. We thank you. We're so grateful for you. We love you, and we're here for you. Uh, and if God's put it on your heart to partner with us, you can find us at chrispalmerministries.com, or you can write to us at P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. And I'll respond to your letters and your questions. And also, I want to say this. I was coming into the studio, and the Spirit of God in the last few days have been speaking to me concerning mental institutions and psych wards and the, the area of the mind. This ministry, uh, Chris Palmer Ministries, and the different branches and divisions, the Transforming Truth Broadcast, our services, which are called Supernatural, uh, we deal a lot with the mind and getting people's minds free. Uh, we are living in an age where people are losing their minds and they're losing it on the secular media that we have today. They're losing it on all sorts of stuff. Their minds are going. If you have a loved one that's in a psychiatric ward, if you have a loved one that has uh, been clinically diagnosed with depression or clinically diagnosed with schizophrenia or bipolar and is in a psych ward anywhere in the area, you can contact my ministry and I will personally go visit that person and pray with them. We're coming into a day and age where God wants to deliver people's minds. And I work with people <clears throat> whose minds have been uh, bound up by the devil. And I believe that through prayer and through the word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit, that bipolarism, bipolar people can be delivered. I believe that people that have all sorts of things that are going on up there can be set free. But they need the power of the Spirit. And let it be a testament to all our doctors and clinical psychologists today that God is in the business of helping you win back your mind. So if that's you, if you're in an area of desperation and you need someone to go pray for your relative, you can contact us, Chris Palmer Ministries, or you can uh, email us, info at chrispalmerministries.com, and we will help you. Also, some new exciting things going on. Our book is going to be coming out in September. It is a comprehensive guide to the born-again and spirit-filled life. There's no book like it right now. The Spirit of God told me to write it, and uh, I've been working on it for the last 60 weeks. And it is coming out in September, and it will be a blessing to you. And we'll, no we'll notify you a little bit later on how you can get a hold of that book as soon as the publisher releases it to us. So, with that, let me pray and let's get into the Word tonight. Father, we praise you and thank you. For every person listening tonight, and I decree now that every foul devil and wicked spirit that is tormenting the minds of every listener, I break its power in the name of Jesus. 
And Father, I command sickness to, to leave. I command disease to leave every person listening to this broadcast. And I command health and healing to be theirs. Open up the eyes of their understanding, God, to see past the veil of the flesh and to move into a deeper understanding of your word. We thank you and we praise you for it in the name of Jesus. And I just hear by the Spirit of God, there's somebody listening tonight. Your name is Valencia. Valencia, I want you to email us at info at chrispalmerministries.com. Your prayer request, I just believe God is moving in your life. He's moving to refresh you. I see in your family you have a daughter, and God is bringing salvation to her, and He's delivering her from whatever she's involved in, those youthful lusts and those things that have come up against her. And God is wants you to know tonight He's heard your prayer, and He's moving on your behalf. Now, let's get into the Word of God tonight. Uh, we had a precious caller last week call in, and she mentioned that through praying in tongues and meditating the Word of God, that she started seeing in Scripture uh, a thread concerning the DNA of the believer. And this was very fascinating to me. And when I left the studio uh, and throughout the rest of the week, I began thinking about how she had stumbled upon this, never reading a book about it, never hearing a preacher talk about it, but she came into it through the help of the Holy Spirit. And this really marked my thinking. And more and more, I'm beginning to find that when the Spirit of God begins leading people through Scripture uh, as He mentors them, because that's what the Spirit of God's job is. His job is to lead and guide you into all truth. You know, I remember I had mentors when I was playing basketball. I remember I went to Brother Rice basketball camp when I was going into the ninth grade, and I found some coaches that really thought I was a good basketball player. I mean, that was so far past. You wouldn't be able to tell. I was much of a basketball player when I was in high school. I was good, though. I mean, I could shoot that three-point shot and play defense. I was all-around great player. No more, though. <laughs> Those days are past, believe you me. <laughs> and um, they found and liked my talent, and they assigned me a coach, a dribbling coach, and a coach that saw my weakness, which was moving without the ball. And he really taught me how to move without the ball and come off screens and set picks. And... They uh, began working with me and began to lead and guide me into playing basketball. Well, the Spirit of God's job is to find out your areas in the Word where you're weak, to find out the areas where you need strengthening, to find out the areas where He can reinforce. And He comes along and He leads and guides you into the revelation that He wants you to possess, the revelation that He knows you can take further. And one of those, those revelations is the DNA mystery of Christ. What do you mean the DNA mystery, Brother Palmer? What are you talking about? Well, I'm calling it the DNA mystery, and we're going to see what DNA is in just a second. But that really describes the change that takes place when you're born again and how there literally is a change and a transformation in your spiritual genetics. I was with a pastor in Indiana. He's a precious brother, one of my dear brothers in God, very close to me. I've preached for him numerous times, and I'm going to have him on the show soon supernatural he texted me actually a few uh months ago and told me he was praying for a, he was preaching on his stage in uh, oklahoma at his brother-in-law's church and while he was preaching the holy ghost anointing and power of god got to moving and he said while he was preaching there was a man sitting inside the service that had skin cancer he had skin cancer on his uh he had skin cancer on his all over his chest and on his neck and he said while he was preaching, that cancer began to flake off. And that skin began to turn as brand new as baby skin. And it was the glory of God that did it. You know, you can tap into a dimension 
through revelation knowledge. And, you know, when God gives you revelation, see, I talk a lot about on this show revelation knowledge and understanding. I'm not just talking about reading a book and getting un just getting understanding and piling up the information that you know. It's easy to sit with believers and they can spit back to you everything they read in the last ten books. There's a lot of people that waste their time reading books. You're wasting your time reading books if you're not getting revelation knowledge. Revelation has an extra dimension to it. Revelation doesn't, isn't just a two-dimensional understanding of knowledge. It has another dimension which is called application. And not just application, it's a spiritual dimension. When the Spirit of God gives you something, there is power to perform what He gave you. So if He gives you revelation concerning the glory or revelation concerning the kingdom, there is a power in that revelation for you to enter into that. And that's called spiritual understanding. You can understand something, the same concept, the same concept. You can understand it naturally, or you can understand it spiritually. But what's the difference, Brother Palmer? When you understand it naturally, you see how it works in theory but you are not able to demonstrate it. When you understand it spiritually, you don't just understand it in theory. You understand it and are able to apply it and you can walk through the door and enter into it and whatever understanding you receive becomes who you are and you can't help but demonstrate it. And there's a major difference. And I want, that's why Paul said in Colossians that when he heard of the church's faith in Christ, when he heard of the churches, the grace that they received by the word and the love that they had for the saints, he said that since I heard this, I don't cease to pray that you increase in wisdom and spiritual understanding. These were the things that he told them later in the third chapter in the first verse that he wanted them to set their mind on, the things above. This wasn't just, see they didn't have the Bible back then. They didn't have Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation. They didn't have the book of James. All they had was the Old Testament canon. Now, the canon was being formed, and it's infallible. I don't take away from that. But they allowed the Word of Christ to dwell in them richly, and the Word of Christ was the rhema word or the spiritual understanding that the Spirit of God was given to them. And before they even had the canon of Scripture, they were so on point with what the Spirit of God was teaching them that believers in the church of Laodicea, believers in the church of Colossus, Believers in the church at Ephesus and the churches around about Galatia, they were all getting that same revelation from the Spirit of God. And they had apostles and prophets that were monitoring that revelation to make sure that it didn't get off into any ditch. Well, anyway, that's beside the point. God wants to bring you into the same spiritual understanding that he gave Paul when he had the scripture. That he gave James, that he gave Peter, that he gave Jude that he gave Matthew and Luke, that he wants to give you tonight. You can enter into that. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that all things are yours as a believer. Every jewel, every precious stone of wisdom you can have. It's available. It's yours for the taking in Jesus. You can have it. And there is no pastor, there's no prophet, there's no apostle out there that has any type of monopoly over the revelation that you can receive. You have the source and that is the Holy Ghost, and He can lead you into that understanding. That's why you need to submit. When you get that, you submit it to a pastor, so that you're not out there loose trying to start your own work when you're not called to do it. Anyway, so he told me, this pastor in Indiana, he said, Brother Palmer, he said, when I was in my office 
of the Spirit. I had an encounter with the presence of God. A real encounter with His presence. A real encounter with the voice of God. He said that he started showing me that I have been condemning as a preacher. Now, he grew up in a holiness church. If you put makeup on, you're going to hell. I, I find it funny that the God that created all heaven, all the quasars, and all of the universe, and stretched out the sky with his hand and his intelligence, gets mad at, would get mad at someone for wearing lipstick to go to church. Give me a break. <laughs> and uh, so he's preaching people into hell, telling women if they wear pants, they're going to hell, telling men if they have spiky hair they're going to hell never understanding the message of the gospel never having spiritual understanding he said the spirit of god got a hold of him and said you're preaching people out of hell and then preaching them right back into hell he said that when he saw this he repented in his heart and the holy spirit began to open up to him an understanding and this understanding is something i talk about on the broadcast and i want my listeners to learn this term, and that is the new creation reality. And I'll say it again, the new creation reality. This is a term that refers strictly to the work of Christ applied to the nature of mankind. When now, Don't forget this. When the blood of Jesus is applied to your heart or to the heart of an individual through the brush of faith, it produces the reality of a new creation you enter into this new creation reality by faith now here's the interesting thing faith can't happen unless first a revelation takes place you can't have faith in nothing that hasn't been revealed to you that's why the holy spirit comes and he convicts people of sin and he convicts them of judgment, and he convicts them of righteousness. He comes along to an unbeliever, and he, the Spirit of God makes it known to them through spiritual understanding that you're a sinner, and you were born in sin, and unless you do something to change, you will be eternally separated from God, because you are not a part of his family. And then he doesn't stop with that. He convicts them of judgment which is the just and sovereignty of God, that he is all just, and it doesn't matter what hand that you received in life, he's going to judge everybody based upon the talents that were given to them, and I mean the uh, what was put in their hands to begin with. Some people have had a better start than others. Some people were born in poverty. Some people were born in riches, but God is going to use the same plumb line to, desire, to, to judge everybody equally based upon what they started with and what they had in this life. And then... He'll judge righteously. And then the word of God says that he'll, he, he, he convicts concerning righteousness, which means that you don't have to stay this way, though. You can be eternally reconciled to God, and that is through his son, Jesus Christ, the body that he has prepared for mankind. You can be eternally reconciled to God through that, and it is out of that reconciliation where God, you know, it says in Romans chapter 11 that every Gentile was a branch that was grafted into the root and fatness and the blessing that the Jews first began with, which means that every person that was born outside of God into this earth was a branch just laying on the ground. And here your big brother Jesus came by and through his blood took that branch, put it into the blessing of Abraham, which is uh, adoption and sonship. He grafted you into the family of God and you can begin to produce the life that comes from him. 
You can be plugged in, friend, to the source of life. Christianity is not just about a bunch of do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs, and heaping condemnation upon every person that doesn't make the mark. Christianity is about getting grafted into the blessing, getting grafted into the family of God. And out of that grafting, out of that root that you've been grafted into, produces fruit, love, joy, peace, patience. The fruit of the Spirit is not the fruit of the third person of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. We would see this if we did a study in Galatians. It's the fruit of your reborn nature that has been grafted into Jesus. When you get grafted into Christ, a new life starts flowing through you. A new power and charge starts coming into your spirit, man, and it produces fruit. No longer fruit of fornication and pride and selfish ambition, contentions and strifes and maliciousness and gossip and slander and envy. That was the fruit of the old man. But you, because you, you, when you first started, you were born into a poisonous root. But when you get born again, you're planted into a root that produces life. And all of a sudden you start seeing the fruit of patience. You start seeing how you're walking in love with people. You start seeing how you can bear along with people that you used to cuss out. You start seeing how you can walk in love with your son even though he's rebellious and dishonors you. You start seeing this. And the more revelation you get of Christ Jesus, the bigger that fruit becomes and the larger that fruit begins to plop out. That's called being born again. And this is just the beginning of the new creation reality. Now, there is a scripture I want to read to you tonight. Boy, if I was preaching, I'd ask for an amen right now. There's a scripture that says in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. There's a word in Scripture, it's used here in Titus chapter 3, verse 5. It's called regeneration. This is a very interesting word, regeneration. Because the very root word of regeneration is not the re, because that's the word that comes before the root. It is the word gene. There is a genesis, or gene comes out of the word genesis. What is the very first book of the Bible? We know it. It's the book of Genesis. Genesis is the book of beginnings. It is the book of origins. When you study it, you'll find out that God picked up dust, breathed into it the breath of life, and it became living, a speaking spirit, and that spirit was Adam. We know that Adam, out of his rib, was taken uh, and formed for him a woman, and her name was Eve, or wool man, which means from out of mankind. And so God created man, and from man he created woman who came out of man, a refined version of man. And the two of them together became one and began to multiply upon the face of the earth. Well, you'll start finding out that from Adam came Cain, Abel came Seth from Seth's line. You start tracking it all the way down, and you get the lineage all the way until the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And you'll see the origins of the kingly line of David. You'll see the origins of, you see it all. This is the book of Genesis. But something happened in the beginning. And when you see that mankind sinned and he gave his authority to the devil and he bowed his knee to that serpent, that serpent came in and through his disobedience became the Lord of man. That's why he's called in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 the God of this world. That's why in John 8 verse 44 Jesus tells 
the Pharisees that you're of your father the devil, which is Satan. Because there was a genetic alteration that took place in the spirit of man that caused him to have a proclivity not to do the works of God, but a proclivity to sin. Don't think for one second that when man was first born that he came on the scene and was committing sin. That's not what happened. Adam wasn't sinning. Adam was in the Garden of Eden, and the Eden that he was in refers to the presence of God. God could come to and from and visit Adam, and there was unbroken fellowship and unbroken communication between the two of them. There was a fellowship that existed between God and man, and God would have continued to reveal things to Adam and continued to bless and make known things and continue to teach this man in the ways of God. But he sinned, and because of that, he now had the genetics, the genetics or the seed of the serpent and his genesis or his beginning, even though it started off with the beginning from his father, his genesis was mutated. Now, let me explain this to you. What is DNA? DNA, and I'm not an expert, I'm not a scientist, but this is basic factual information about DNA that I've put together for you. DNA is genetic instructions used in the, the development and functioning of all living and known organisms. It is the blueprint of all living things. So anything that's living has DNA. Just about every single cell in your body, and we know how small cells are, has DNA within it. And it is the code for why you are the way that you are. Why do you have brown hair? Why are you bald? Why do you have red hair? Why do you have big eyebrows? Why do you have small toes? Why do you have fingernails that grow quickly? Why do you have, you know, a protruding neck why do you have brown eyes why do you have eyelashes that are long or eyelashes that are short it's all written inside your dna scientists will tell you that if you change now if you look at a, a dna molecule you'll see that it has i think it's a four different bases guanine and some other ones and you'll see that it is a double helix it has two bases on the dna and if you alter just one of the bases of the dna which i believe there's four but if you're listening and you're a scientist, don't quote me on it. There's several bases. If you alter just one base of the DNA, a whole mutation can begin to occur inside an individual. Now that's deep. Now I'm going to show you why. But listen. DNA is used to identify victims in car accidents. It's used to determine the pedigree of livestock. It's used to authenticate authenticate I think I'm not saying that word right it's used to see if food like caviar and fine wine is authentic there we go that's an easier way of saying it and it's used to determine the type and purity of a certain crop because even if it's not human it still has DNA in it are you telling me that a uh, ostrich has DNA yes are you telling me that a plant outside has DNA yes everything has DNA in its living even caviar which is small little fish eggs they have DNA inside of it. You mean the steak that you're eating has DNA? The cow had DNA? There's DNA in everything that's living. If all living natural organisms have DNA, here's the question I want to pose tonight. If it's living and it has DNA, if your spiritual man, the hidden man of the heart, is living, who's to say that there's not a spiritual DNA and I don't necessarily mean it. it is DNA per se for what DNA is defined to be. But I'm talking and using that as a term to talk about 
Is there something inside the spirit man, a code? Oh, Jesus, I'm preaching tonight. Is there a, there's a code inside of your genetics, in your spirit man, a code that has in it the life of why you are and why you look the way and why you exist and why you act the way you do as a spiritual person. Every spirit is unique from the other one. There must be some type of code inside your spirit that is like and similar to DNA. Well, Brother Palmer, you know, that is not uh, classical theology. Well, listen, a lot of classical theology, I'm, I'm a theologian, I have my degree. But I'll tell you this, a lot of classical quote-unquote theology is not worth the paper that it's written on. And I don't say that pridefully, that we're all learning. But I know people that have gotten so deep into theology and into what another man thinks about a certain scripture or a certain passage that they have no connection with God. Because a lot of that theology that's been written was based upon the pride and the assumptions, the presumptions, and the selfish ambitions of people that are trying to be great theologians. And some of those people were even deceived. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not developed in my theology, and I'm not, I'm fully developed. What I'm saying is that the Holy Spirit, He is the great theologian. He is theology. He'll come along and reveal things to you by the Spirit. Look at what it says here in Luke chapter 16. We're going to go to break shortly, but I want you to stay in this real quick. Uh, Jesus is telling a parable in Luke 16, verse 22 to 25. Now, I've shared this on the broadcast before, but I feel it's worth mentioning again. He's talking about the rich man and Lazarus, and it says, And in hell, the he uh, rich man lift up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And this rich man cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy, and send Lazarus, that he may dip his finger in the water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in the flame. Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime... Receive good things, and likewise Lazarus, evil things, but he is comforted, and you are tormented. And then it says, And beside this, between us and you, there is a great gulf, and they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us, neither would come from thence. Now, very interesting. In these four passages, you have the mention of eyes. You have the mention of Abraham's bosom, which is his chest or his breast area. So we have a torso. And then you have mention of fingers, which is his limbs. And then you have mention of tongue, which represents organs. So you have eyes, which are connected to a torso, which are connect from the torso are connected limbs and have organs represented in it. So are you telling me that in the spirit realm that spirits have eyes? Absolutely. Telling me they have a tongue? Certainly. You're telling me that they talk? They absolutely do talk. Your spiritual inner man, the hidden man of the heart, is extremely similar in looks to what your natural man looks like based upon this scripture. Why wouldn't it be? And it is out of that man or that spirit that you now have a life. So if all natural things have DNA, who's to say that spirits don't have DNA? If a spirit has fingers, if a spirit have eyes, is it too much of a stretch to believe that the human spirit has a head and has a mind? And has legs? And has arms and fingers? Is that too much to believe? Or has a nose? I mean, if it has a tongue, where's that tongue in? Probably his mouth. And you're a living thing. And there has to be some sort of spiritual makeup that you have spiritually. So the question that I'm asking, it brings me to ask you this question tonight, listener. And if, and if you're listening, you're not saved, you're not born again. 
I want you to take into consideration that you're more than what you see in the mirror. Dress your body up in Gucci. Your body gets into an infinity car. You drive along. You get out. Everybody sees your hair and sees the hair that you appointment that you just went and got and how nice you look. They see the makeup. They smell the cologne. They see the shoes. You're dressing your body up. But here's the question I want to ask. What have you been dressing your inner man in? Have you, have you stopped to think about the fact that you're a spirit? Is your spirit ready to meet Jesus? Is your spirit ready to stand before God? Is your spirit miserable? People say, well, Brother Palmer, I don't understand how they can go out to Hollywood and make millions of dollars and live the life that they've always wanted to live and then commit suicide. Well, in the natural, in their body, they were happy, but their spirit man was miserable because a hundred million dollars can't clothe the inner man with what it's longing to be clothed for. There has to be a mutation. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You know what that sounds like when I say new creature? It sounds like genetic alteration, genetic engineering. Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Ghost, came along and presented his blood to the earth. And through that blood, the Holy Spirit was using it as his tool to genetically change your spiritual DNA on the inside. The minute you begin to talk about faith in Christ Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I, when, you, when you say that you're a sinner, you're recognizing that your spirit man has a gene inside of it called sin and it needs alteration. And unless... Something comes along to alter that genetic structure. You're stuck the way that you are. But the blood of Jesus came and it says in Titus that there can be regeneration. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about the DNA mystery of the hidden man of the heart. We'll be back in just a few minutes. I learned these songs from church to church. Maybe you know
And good morning, Detroit. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth Radio broadcast. And this is another night where the supernatural power of God is available for you. You are tuned in to the right station. We're glad that you're with us. And so don't touch that dial. I believe that there is an encounter that God wants you to have with His presence. I believe that the Lord is renewing some people. And there's somebody that's even listening tonight and your your mind is all knotted up. It's all uh, confused. And God's going to come in and deliver you and save your mind and set you free. You know, friend, the Bible says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. One of the reasons why I do this show is because there is a constant transformation that has taken place for you, a believer. Now, if you don't know Jesus, you can enter into the ultimate transformation, which is called being born again. Jesus came, the Bible said, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If you're without Jesus and you don't know his love and have never encountered the fullness of his presence, you could have that tonight on this show and receive the ultimate transformation. And if you're a believer, it says in the Word of God that we move from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. And that renewing takes place, that moving happens as a result of our climbing in revelation knowledge. And when I put this show on the air, the Lord wanted me to open up revelation from the Word of God to take you deeper. Someone asked me the other day about the love walk, and they said, how can I go deeper in my love walk? And I said, love is a revelation. And for you to really love the way that God loves, you have to have it revealed to you by the Spirit of God how much God loves you. I don't just mean mentally assenting to it and hearing, you know, songs in church that say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But I mean really the Holy Spirit comes in and He peels back the eyes of your heart and you begin to see the shade lifts and you see how much He has loved you. And when you come to understand that love, then you can walk in the love that you now understand. And so we're going to look at some revelational truths from the Word of God and get into it tonight. And God is going to untangle your mind, deliver you, and set you free with His Word and His power. And before we get started, I want to let everyone know that's listening that Chris Palmer Ministries has a podcast. It's called On the Road with Chris Palmer. It's available on iTunes. If you go to iTunes and you type in On the Road with Chris Palmer, you'll find our podcast. I archive all the shows, and when our show goes on in Boston on June 4th, I'll be archiving all those shows as well. So you can keep up with us, and the shows will be different. There's a different message that I have for our Boston audience that I'm out there reaching them with, and so you can just get on that podcast and be blessed and let the Word of God minister to you. It's free. It's for your listening enjoyment, and we do that to be a blessing to all of our listeners and all of our partners. And again, as I said, uh, we are going on the Transforming Truth broadcasts are going to be put out in Boston, Massachusetts. You know, I was in uh, preaching in that area a few weeks ago, and I was walking up and down the Cambridge, and I was actually on the Harvard campus. And I was, my, I just was grieved, and not grieved, but I just felt that the Lord was trying to speak to me. And so when I got back, I went on a fast, and I hit my knees, and the very first day of the fast, the Spirit of God spoke to me. And he says, I want you to go on in Boston immediately. And, uh, you know, it's pretty good when God talks to you the very first day of the fast. Because then, if you've gotten what you need, and we'll talk about fasting on this broadcast eventually, but you've gotten what you need from God, you can end the fast. And so, I heard what I needed from God and got all my instructions, and I ended the fast. And 
before you knew it, we were uh, had it with uh, AM 590 WEZE in Boston. And so we'll be coming on June 4th. We'll be on at 7.30 p.m. every Tuesday night. And we'll be broadcasting the transforming truth and reaching that area with the supernatural. That area is highly intellectual. And we want to reach them with the supernatural. I believe that if you can't reach the intellects with the Word of God, uh, then something is incomplete. When you look at Scripture and you see Paul, as supernatural as Paul was, he was able to stand and reason with the Greeks. He was able to reason with the Jews. And there is that element of Scripture. And we're going to come at it in a different way. But we're going to affect the area for the Word of God in Jesus Christ. And we need your support. You know, we're a listener-supported broadcast. We come on based upon the generosity of our listeners. And we want to first thank every partner that's partnered with us up to this point. We thank you. We're so grateful for you. We love you. And we're here for you. Uh, and if God's put it on your heart to partner with us, you can find us at chrispalmerministries.com or you can write to us at P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. And I'll respond to your letters and your questions. And also, I want to say this. I was coming into the studio, and the Spirit of God in the last few days has been speaking to me concerning mental institutions and psych wards and the, the area of the mind. This ministry, uh, Chris Palmer Ministries, and the different branches and divisions, the Transforming Truth Broadcast, our services, which are called Supernatural, uh, we deal a lot with the mind and getting people's minds free. Uh, we are living in an age where people are losing their minds, and they're losing it on the secular media that we have today. They're losing it on all sorts of stuff. Their minds are going. If you have a loved one that's in a psychiatric ward, if you have a loved one that has uh, been clinically diagnosed with depression or clinically diagnosed with schizophrenia or bipolar and is in a psych ward anywhere in the area, you can contact my ministry and I will personally go visit that person and pray with them. We're coming into a day and age where God wants to deliver people's minds and I work with people <clears throat> whose minds have been uh, bound up by the devil. And I believe that through prayer and through the Word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit, that bipolarism, bipolar people can be delivered. I believe that people that have all sorts of things that are going on up there can be set free. But they need the power of the Spirit. And let it be a testament to all our doctors and clinical psychologists today that God is in the business of helping you win back your mind. So if that's you... If you're in an area of desperation and you need someone to go pray for your relative, you can contact us, Chris Palmer Ministries, or you can uh, email us, info at chrispalmerministries.com, and we will help you. Also, some new exciting things going on. Our book is going to be coming out in September. It is a comprehensive guide to the born-again and spirit-filled life. There's no book like it right now. The Spirit of God told me to write it, and uh, I've been working on it for the last 60 weeks. And it is coming out in September, and it will be a blessing to you. And we'll, no we'll notify you a little bit later on how you can get a hold of that book as soon as the publisher releases it to us. So, with that, let me pray and let's get into the Word tonight. Father, we praise you and thank you for every person listening tonight. And I decree now that every foul devil and wicked spirit that is tormenting the minds of every listener, I break its power in the name of Jesus. And Father, I command sickness to, to leave. I command disease to leave every person listening to this broadcast. And I command health and healing to be theirs. Open up the eyes of their understanding, God, to see past the veil of 
the flesh and to move into a deeper understanding of your word. We thank you and we praise you for it in the name of Jesus. And I just hear by the Spirit of God, there's somebody listening tonight. Your name is Valencia. Valencia, I want you to email us at info at chrispalmerministries.com. Your prayer request, I just believe God is moving in your life. He's moving to refresh you. I see in your family you have a daughter, and God is bringing salvation to her, and he's delivering her from whatever she's involved in, those youthful lusts and those things that have come up against her. And God is wants you to know tonight he's heard your prayer, and he's moving on your behalf. Now, let's get into the Word of God tonight. Uh, we had a precious caller last week call in, and she mentioned that through praying in tongues and meditating the Word of God, that she started seeing in Scripture uh, a thread concerning the DNA of the believer. And this was very fascinating to me. And when I left the studio uh, and throughout the rest of the week, I began thinking about how she had stumbled upon this, never reading a book about it, never hearing a preacher talk about it, but she came into it through the help of the Holy Spirit. And this really marked my thinking. And more and more, I'm beginning to find that when the Spirit of God begins leading people through Scripture, uh, as He mentors them, because that's what the Spirit of God's job is. His job is to lead and guide you into all truth. You know, I remember I had mentors when I was playing basketball. I remember I went to Brother Rice basketball camp when I was going into the ninth grade, and I found some coaches that really thought I was a good basketball player. I mean, that was so far past. You wouldn't be able to tell I was much of a basketball player when I was in high school. I was good, though. I mean, I could shoot that three-point shot and play defense. I was all-around great player. No more, though. <laughs> Those days are past. Believe you me. <laughs> and um, they found and liked my talent, and they assigned me a coach, a dribbling coach and a coach that saw my weakness, which was moving without the ball. And he really taught me how to move without the ball and come off screens and set picks. And they uh, began working with me and began to lead and guide me into playing basketball. Well, the Spirit of God's job is to find out your areas in the Word where you're weak, to find out the areas where you need strengthening, to find out the areas where He can reinforce. And He comes along and He leads and guides you into the revelation that He wants you to possess, the revelation that He knows you can take further. And one of those those revelations is the DNA mystery of Christ. What do you mean the DNA mystery, Brother Palmer? What are you talking about? Well, I'm calling it the DNA mystery, and we're going to see what DNA is in just a second. But that really describes the change that takes place when you're born again and how there literally is a change and a transformation in your spiritual genetics. I was with a pastor in Indiana. He's a precious brother, one of my dear brothers in God, very close to me. I've preached for him numerous times, and I'm going to have him on the show soon supernatural he texted me actually a few uh months ago and told me he was praying for a, he was preaching on his stage in uh, oklahoma at his brother-in-law's church and while he was preaching the holy ghost anointing and power of god got to moving and he said while he was preaching there was a man sitting inside the service that had skin cancer he had skin cancer on his uh he had skin cancer on his all over his chest and on his neck and he said while he was preaching, that cancer began to flake off. And that skin began to turn as brand new as baby skin. And it was the glory of God that did it. You know, you can tap into a dimension through revelation knowledge. And, you know, when God gives you revelation, see, I talk a lot about on this show revelation knowledge and understanding. I'm not just talking about reading a book and getting un just getting understanding and piling up the information that you know. It's easy to sit with believers and they can 
spit back to you everything they read in the last ten books. There's a lot of people that waste their time reading books. You're wasting your time reading books if you're not getting revelation knowledge. Revelation has an extra dimension to it. Revelation doesn't isn't just a two-dimensional understanding of knowledge. It has another dimension which is called application. And not just application, it's a spiritual dimension. When the Spirit of God gives you something, there is power to perform what He gave you. So if He gives you revelation concerning the glory or revelation concerning the kingdom, there is a power in that revelation for you to enter into that. And that's called spiritual understanding. You can understand something, the same concept, the same concept. You can understand it naturally, or you can understand it spiritually. But what's the difference, Brother Palmer? When you understand it naturally, you see how it works in theory, but you are not able to demonstrate it. When you understand it spiritually, you don't just understand it in theory. You understand it and are able to apply it and you can walk through the door and enter into it and whatever understanding you receive becomes who you are and you can't help but demonstrate it. And there's a major difference. And I want, that's why Paul said in Colossians that when he heard of the church's faith in Christ, when he heard of the church's the grace that they received by the word and the love that they had for the saints, he said that since I heard this, I don't cease to pray that you increase in wisdom and spiritual understanding. These were the things that he told them later in the third chapter in the first verse that he wanted them to set their mind on, the things above. This wasn't just... See, they didn't have the Bible back then. They didn't have Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation. They didn't have the book of James. All they had was the Old Testament canon. Now, the canon was being formed, and it's infallible. I don't take away from that, but... They allowed the word of Christ to dwell in them richly. And the word of Christ was the rhema word or the spiritual understanding that the Spirit of God was given to them. And before they even had the canon of Scripture, they were so on point with what the Spirit of God was teaching them that believers in the church of Laodicea, believers in the church of Colossus, believers in the church at Ephesus and the churches around about Galatia, they were all getting that same revelation from the Spirit of God. And they had apostles and prophets that were monitoring that revelation to make sure that it didn't get off into any ditch. Well, anyway, that's beside the point. God wants to bring you into the same spiritual understanding that he gave Paul when he had the scripture. That he gave James, that he gave Peter, that he gave Jude, that he gave Matthew and Luke, that he wants to give you tonight. You can enter into that. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that all things are yours as a believer. Every jewel, every precious stone of wisdom you can have, it's available. It's yours for the taking in Jesus. You can have it. And there is no pastor, there's no prophet, there's no apostle out there that has any type of monopoly over the revelation that you can receive. You have the source, and that is the Holy Ghost, and he can lead you into that understanding. That's why you need to submit. When you get that, you submit it to a pastor so that you're not out there loose trying to start your own work when you're not called to do it. Anyway, so he told me, this pastor in Indiana, he said, Brother Palmer, he said, when I was in my office, the spirit, I had an encounter with the presence of God, a real encounter with his presence, a real encounter with the voice of God. He said that 
he started showing me that I have been condemning as a preacher. Now, he grew up in the holiness church. If you put makeup on, you're going to hell. I, I find it funny that the God that created all heaven, all the quasars, and all of the universe, and stretched out the sky with his hand and his intelligence, gets mad at, would get mad at someone for wearing lipstick to go to church. Give me a break. <laughs> and uh, so he's preaching people into hell, telling women if they wear pants, they're going to hell, telling men if they have spiky hair, they're going to hell. Never understanding the message of the gospel. Never having spiritual understanding. He said the Spirit of God got a hold of him and said, you're preaching people out of hell and then preaching them right back into hell. He said that when he saw this, he repented in his heart and the Holy Spirit began to open up to him an understanding. And this understanding is something I talk about on the broadcast and I want my listeners to learn this term and that is the new creation reality. I'll say it again, the new creation reality. This is a term that refers strictly to the work of Christ applied to the nature of mankind. When, now don't forget this, when the blood of Jesus is applied to your heart or to the heart of an individual through the brush of faith, it produces the reality of a new creation. You enter into this new creation reality by faith. Now, here's the interesting thing. Faith can't happen unless first a revelation takes place. You can't have faith in nothing that hasn't been revealed to you. That's why the Holy Spirit comes and he convicts people of sin and he convicts them of judgment, and he convicts them of righteousness. He comes along to an unbeliever, and he, the Spirit of God makes it known to them through spiritual understanding that you're a sinner, and you were born in sin, and unless you do something to change, you will be eternally separated from God, because you are not a part of his family. And then, he doesn't stop with that, he convicts them of judgment which is the just and sovereignty of God, that He is all just, and it doesn't matter what hand that you received in life, He's going to judge everybody based upon the talents that were given to them, and I mean the uh, what was put in their hands to begin with. Some people have had a better start than others. Some people were born in poverty. Some people were born in riches, but God is going to use the same plumb line to, desire, to, to judge everybody equally based upon what they started with and what they had in this life. And then... He'll judge righteously. And then the Word of God says that he'll, he, he, he convicts concerning righteousness, which means that you don't have to stay this way, though. You can be eternally reconciled to God, and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. The body that He has prepared for mankind, you can be eternally reconciled to God through that, and it is out of that reconciliation where God, you know, it says in Romans chapter 11 that every Gentile was a branch that was grafted into the root and fatness and the blessing that the Jews first began with, which means that every person that was born outside of God into this earth was a branch just laying on the ground. And here your big brother Jesus came by and through his blood took that branch, put it into the blessing of Abraham, which is uh, adoption and sonship. He grafted you into the family of God, and you can begin to produce the life that comes from him. You can be plugged in, friend, to the source of life. Christianity is not 
just about a bunch of do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs, and heaping condemnation upon every person that doesn't make the mark. Christianity is about getting grafted into the blessing, getting grafted into the family of God. And out of that grafting, out of that root that you've been grafted into, produces fruit, love, joy, peace, patience. The fruit of the Spirit is not the fruit of the third person of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. We would see this if we did a study in Galatians. It's the fruit of your reborn nature that has been grafted into Jesus. When you get grafted into Christ, a new life starts flowing through you. A new power and charge starts coming into your spirit, man, and it produces fruit. No longer fruit of fornication and pride and selfish ambition, contentions and strifes and maliciousness and gossip and slander and envy. That was the fruit of the old man. But you, because you, you, when you first started, you were born into a poisonous root. But when you get born again, you're planted into a root that produces life. And all of a sudden, you start seeing the fruit of patience. You start seeing how you're walking in love with people. You start seeing how you can bear along with people that you used to cuss out. You start seeing how you can walk in love with your son, even though he's rebellious and dishonors you. You start seeing this. And the more revelation you get of Christ Jesus the bigger that fruit becomes and the larger that fruit begins to plop out. That's called being born again. And this is just the beginning of the new creation reality. Now, there is a scripture I want to read to you tonight. Boy, if I was preaching, I'd ask for an amen right now. There's a scripture that says in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to... To his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. There's a word in Scripture, it's used here in Titus chapter 3 verse 5. It's called regeneration. This is a very interesting word, regeneration. Because the very root word of regeneration is not the re, because that's the word that comes before the root. It is the word gene. There is a genesis, or gene comes out of the word genesis. What is the very first book of the Bible? We know it. It's the book of Genesis. Genesis is the book of beginnings. It is the book of origins. When you study it, you'll find out that God picked up dust, breathed into it the breath of life, and it became living, a speaking spirit, and that spirit was Adam. We know that Adam, out of his rib, was taken uh, and formed for him a woman, and her name was Eve, or wool man, which means from out of mankind. And so God created man, and from man he created woman who came out of man, a refined version of man. And the two of them together became one and began to multiply upon the face of the earth. Well, you'll start finding out that from Adam came Cain, Abel came Seth from Seth's line. You start tracking it all the way down, and you get the lineage all the way until the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And you'll see the origins of the kingly line of David. You'll see the origins of... you see it all. This is the book of Genesis. But something happened in the beginning. And when you see that mankind sinned and he gave his authority to the devil and he bowed his knee to that serpent, that serpent came in and through his disobedience became the Lord of man. That's why he's called in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, the God of this world. That's why in John 8 verse 44, Jesus tells uh, the Pharisees that you're of your father the devil, which is Satan. 
because there was a genetic alteration that took place in the spirit of man that caused him to have a proclivity not to do the works of God, but a proclivity to sin. Don't think for one second that when man was first born that he came on the scene and was committing sin. That's not what happened. Adam wasn't sinning. Adam was in the Garden of Eden, and the Eden that he was in refers to the presence of God. God could come to and from and visit Adam, and there was unbroken fellowship and unbroken communication between the two of them. There was a fellowship that existed between God and man, and God would have continued to reveal things to Adam and continued to bless and make known things and continue to teach this man in the ways of God. But he sinned, and because of that, he now had the genetics, the genetics or the seed of the serpent and his genesis or his beginning, even though it started off with the beginning from his father, his genesis was mutated. Now let me explain this to you. What is DNA? DNA, and I'm not an expert, I'm not a scientist, but this is basic factual information about DNA that I've put together for you. DNA is genetic instructions used in the development and functioning of all living and known organisms. It is the blueprint of all living things. So anything that's living has DNA. Just about every single cell in your body, and we know how small cells are, has DNA within it, and it is the code for why you are the way that you are. Why do you have brown hair? Why are you bald? Why do you have red hair? Why do you have big eyebrows? Why do you have small toes? Why do you have fingernails that grow quickly? Why do you have, you know, a protruding neck? Why do you have brown eyes? Why do you have eyelashes that are long or eyelashes that are short? It's all written inside your DNA. Scientists will tell you that if you change, now if you look at a, a DNA molecule, you'll see that it has, I think it's a four different bases, guanine and some other ones. And you'll see that it is a double helix. It has two bases on the DNA. And if you alter just one of the bases of the DNA, which I believe there's four, but if you're listening and you're a scientist, don't quote me on it. There's several bases. If you alter just one base of the DNA, a whole mutation can begin to occur inside an individual. Now that's deep. Now I'm going to show you why. But listen. DNA is used to identify victims in car accidents. It's used to determine the pedigree of livestock. It's used to authentic, authenticate. I think I'm not saying that word right. It's used it's used to see if food like caviar and fine wine is authentic. There we go. That's an easier way of saying it. And it's used to determine the type and purity of a certain crop. Because even if it's not human, it still has DNA in it. Are you telling me that a, uh ostrich has DNA? Yes. Are you telling me that a plant outside has DNA? Yes. Everything has DNA in its living. Even caviar, which is small little fish eggs. They have DNA inside of it. You mean the steak that you're eating has DNA? The cow had DNA? There's DNA in everything that's living. If all living natural organisms have DNA, here's the question I want to pose tonight. If it's living and it has DNA, if your spiritual man, the hidden man of the heart, is living, who's to say that there's not a spiritual DNA and I don't necessarily mean it. it is DNA per se for what DNA is defined to be. But I'm talking and using that as a term to talk about is there something inside the spirit man, a code. Oh, Jesus, I'm preaching tonight. Is there a, there's a code inside of your genetics, in your spirit man, a code that has in it 
the life of why you are and why you look the way and why you exist and why you act the way you do as a spiritual person. Every spirit is unique from the other one. There must be some type of code inside your spirit that is like and similar to DNA. Well, Brother Palmer, you know, that is not uh, classical theology. Well, listen, a lot of classical theology, I'm, I'm a theologian, I have my degree. But I'll tell you this, a lot of classical quote-unquote theology is not worth the paper that it's written on. And I don't say that pridefully, that we're all learning. But I know people that have gotten so deep into theology and into what another man thinks about a certain scripture or a certain passage that they have no connection with God. Because a lot of that theology that's been written was based upon the pride and the assumptions, the presumptions, and the selfish ambitions of people that are trying to be great theologians. And some of those people were even deceived. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not developed in my theology. And I'm not, I'm fully developed. What I'm saying is that the Holy Spirit, He is the great theologian. He is theology. He'll come along and reveal things to you by the Spirit. Look at what it says here in Luke chapter 16. We're going to go to break shortly, but I want you to stay in this real quick. Uh, Jesus is telling a parable in Luke 16, verse 22 to 25. Now, I've shared this on the broadcast before, but I feel it's worth mentioning again. He's talking about the rich man and Lazarus, and it says, And in hell, the he, uh, rich man lift up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And this rich man cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy, and send Lazarus, that he may dip his finger in the water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in the flame. Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime Receive good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but he is comforted and you are tormented. And then it says, and beside this, between us and you, there's a great gulf. And they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us, neither would come from thence. Now, very interesting. In these four passages, you have the mention of eyes. You have the mention of Abraham's bosom, which is his chest or his breast area. So we have a torso. And then you have mention of fingers, which is his limbs. And then you have mention of tongue, which represents organs. So you have eyes, which are connected to a torso, which are connect from the torso are connected limbs and have organs represented in it. So are you telling me that in the spirit realm that spirits have eyes? Absolutely. Telling me they have a tongue? Certainly. You're telling me that they talk? They absolutely do talk. Your spiritual inner man, the hidden man of the heart, is extremely similar in looks to what your natural man looks like based upon this scripture. Why wouldn't it be? And it is out of that man or that spirit that you now have a life. So if all natural things have DNA, who's to say that spirits don't have DNA? If a spirit has fingers, if a spirit has eyes, is it too much of a stretch to believe that the human spirit has a head and has a mind? And has legs? And has arms and fingers? Is that too much to believe? Or has a nose? I mean, if it has a tongue, where's that tongue in? Probably his mouth. And you're a living thing. And there has to be some sort of spiritual makeup that you have spiritually. So the question that I'm asking, it brings me to ask you this question tonight, listener. And if, and if you're listening, you're not saved, you're not born again. I want you to take into consideration... That you're more than what you see in the mirror. Dress your body up in Gucci. Your body gets into an infinity car. You drive along. You get out. 
everybody sees your hair and sees the hair that you appointment that you just went and got and how nice you look. They see the makeup. They smell the cologne. They see the shoes. You're dressing your body up. But here's the question I want to ask. What have you been dressing your inner man in? Have you, have you stopped to think about the fact that you're a spirit? Is your spirit ready to meet Jesus? Is your spirit ready to stand before God? Is your spirit miserable? People say, well, Brother Palmer, I don't understand how they can go out to Hollywood and make millions of dollars and live the life that they've always wanted to live and then commit suicide. Well, in the natural, in their body, they were happy, but their spirit man was miserable because a hundred million dollars can't clothe the inner man with what it's longing to be clothed for. There has to be a mutation. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You know what that sounds like when I say new creature? It sounds like genetic alteration, genetic engineering. Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Ghost, came along and presented his blood to the earth. And through that blood, the Holy Spirit was using it as his tool to genetically change your spiritual DNA on the inside. The minute you began to talk about faith in Christ Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I, when, you, when you say that you're a sinner, you're recognizing that your spirit man has a gene inside of it called sin and it needs alteration. And unless something comes along to alter that genetic structure, you're stuck the way that you are. But the blood of Jesus came, and it says in Titus that there can be regeneration. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking about the DNA mystery of the hidden man of the heart. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website. ChrisPalmerMinistries.com or log on to our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Chris Palmer Ministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Walled Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 1215 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ 103.5 FM, The Light. 